0: Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. How are you doing? I'm, of course, your host, Mark Cousinez. I made sure to do a little test recording before recording this show all proper like because I did not want another last episode to happen as much as I enjoy doing this podcast and When I say I enjoy doing it, I mean I hate it so much. But as much as I do enjoy it slash hate it. Recording it twice in one day. Don't really like doing that. Trying to recapture the magic of an original recording in a second attempt because the first recording was so inferior in quality. It's impossible. But... Uh, We don't have to do that Or deal with that this week Hooray! Huzzah! And I Adjusted the gain a bit Because I think Last episode After fiddling with everything In order to One, find out what the problem was First, and then get things back in order I think I Adjusted the gain a little bit too much on my mixer, and there was a bit too much peaking in the red with my audio last week. It was a little bit too loud, and I toned it down ever so slightly. So we should be good. I believe we have, I have, that is, gotten the audio back into a relative sweet spot there's no such thing as perfection it's impossible but i believe we're in a pretty good spot so that's the update with all of that jazz i have decided to stop streaming once again because this isn't a surprise There's no great discovery or something learned that wasn't already obvious. I just accepted it finally or looked at it and realized that what I love about streaming goes against the other part of streaming, which is to say... I love the interactive element of streaming. I love chatting with the viewers and all that jazz. And I think that's what they enjoy most too. Sure. They may like watching the game being played as well, but the whole point of streaming is that communal aspect, that interactive element that ability to chat with the person playing. If that didn't matter to you or me, why would I have any incentive to stream and play a game on more than just my own terms? And if you are a viewer and don't care about the interactive element, why aren't you just watching videos on YouTube? It's because you like that. And, and for the streamer, because they like that. However, when I have such limited time these days for various reasons, and so much of my gaming time has to be dedicated to the games I'm playing for content I make uh, in the form of Attack the Backlog, Second Runs, etc. Streaming just doesn't make any sense because it's inevitably going to distract me to whatever degree, even if I try to limit how much interaction I do when playing a game for a at backlog, I'm still going to be distracted to some degree. Even if I'm not directly being distracted, I'm indirectly being distracted. I know things are happening in my peripheral, and that hurts my ability to fully take in a game and then be able to recall things that happen to give full and complete opinions on a game. To be as thorough as I want to be when discussing a game and whatnot. So I have decided to step back from streaming again with a potential future return where I play games maybe once a week or stream games once a week, games that I have already beaten or, or or ones where maybe I play them for a of the Backlog. If I ever have the time to play something like The Witcher 3 or one of the recent Assassin's Creed games for a of the Backlog, once I've completed those games, quote-unquote completed those games, and have just side missions and collectibles and that kind of stuff to mop up, that would make for a perfect streaming game because i can do all that at my own pace i can take breaks i can interact with chat i'm not worried about capturing content i'm not worried about remembering this or that for the, my script or or, or or caring a lot about what the hell the game is offering me anymore because i have already formed my opinion about it and I'm just enjoying it and and relaxing in it from that point on. So that would work for a streaming game. That is all hypothetical stuff that is still way down the line. So for, for the time being and potentially for a while, the only, really, uh, only real way in which you'd be able to see me stream is if you are in the All You Can Oatmeal Patreon tier where I will be doing the weekly Q&A every Saturday at 9 p.m. Central Time. I decided on that time because Saturday is the sixth day of the week and 9 p.m. is 9, so 6, 9, 69. Yeah, I am a child. And then I may put up the archive of that Q&A on Sundays at 829 in the morning because 829 is also 7 plus 89 minutes and you know what they always say 789 yep that's my thought process i always want to try and find the dumbest way to go about making decisions and so 69 and 789 seem pretty fucking dumb uh, I am excited to do the Q and A, even though she, I don't. Know. I and she is in the all you can Oat Meal tier, and when I told him about because he was the first to know about the plans to change up the Patreon and everything, he said he had all these would you rather's and whatnot. Ready to ask me? He hasn't. He hasn't posted a damn thing on the Q and A. yet? Deadline. Time is ticking. It's almost Saturday already. Big boy, get your shit together. Because there is no, there there is no limit on, on the amount of questions patrons can ask, and all that. In part because there just aren't that many in that tier. Or patrons in general. And just so we're clear. In case anyone's. Because the the vast, vast, vast majority of listeners and watchers. Are not in that tier. Or part of the patron. The Q&A. Is something that. Only the, the. Those patrons can. Interact with. In terms of asking questions and all that Just, But they are also the only ones who will be able to access the archive it's not going to be public uh, to anyone but them, so if you want to be a part of the Q&A or listen to it after the fact that's that's how you go about doing it, because that's not real content that's just whatever content so, yeah that that's uh, the only way to watch me stream if that is something that Tickles your fancy. I forgot to say this at the top of the show, but the games I'll be talking about today, a little later down in the show, are Varney Lake and Stray Blade. So, you've probably not heard of either of those games and are not excited. Should you be excited? Probably not. Probably not. But, uh, feel free to Get excited regardless, nonetheless, uh, for when I talk about them. Fun fact, though. Fun fact. Fun fact. I, after, because I can't remember where I left off in my MCU watching last episode. I, I I think I had at least, no, I think I had just finished Moon Knight, which is not good. And had She-Hulk and Miss Marvel left to watch. Because I'm I'm not going to bother with what if I don't see a purpose. And I remember seeing some of the art and not liking it. She-Hulk surprised the hell out of me. That was a very, very enjoyable time. And what surprised me most is that as much as I enjoyed the episodes overall, it's a nine episode series, and as much as I enjoyed episodes one through eight, there was one constant thing throughout that I was not a fan of, and that was the fourth wall breaking, talking in camera stuff. I was told that that is something that is in the comics as well, and it is one of those things that is a divisive element of She-Hulk, and some people don't like it, some people do. I fell into the camp of not really liking it. But it was such a small part of the episodes, she'd only do it two, maybe three times an episode, and it was never for an extended period of time. Wasn't a big deal. Did not take away from my overall enjoyment of the show, which... One, made me want to, because I always heard great things about that show. And I believe that is who the actress is. Kind of want to go back and watch Orphan Black. Because I heard great things. I like her. Uh, The the main actress in She-Hulk. Don't know her name. I should have looked up her name. Because I have no idea what her name is. And two, this is a spoiler, I guess, but not something that any who cares really you already know that he's in this universe anyway because he's he showed or maybe you don't because you haven't watched any of this stuff who cares i also want to go back and re-watch all of daredevil i only watched the first two seasons liked it but never finished it i i fell off of the netflix marvel shows after I think Luke Cage season one, because Jessica Jones was before that, I believe. I watched seasons one and two of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Really, really liked Jessica Jones a lot. Thought Daredevil overall was pretty all right, and Luke Cage was enjoyable in the first half. And then when they killed off... My... I, I can never remember his first name exactly. Mashala Ali. I mean, who, who will be again in the Marvel Universe as Blade? Cannot. I, as bad as the MCU has been overall, I am still very, very optimistic about that movie just because it is abs- it is some of the most perfect casting they've done recently. Him and Florence Pugh is perfect casting that I did not know was going to be perfect casting until I saw her and was like, oh my God, she's great. She's making this not great movie enjoyable whenever she's there. She's making Hawkeye enjoyable whenever she's there. She's great. She's so good. But where was I? Yeah, I want to rewatch Daredevil because the 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 few times he showed up in the MCU as of late, it made me realize you know what this dude who I was first introduced to in Stardust, and I've only ever seen him in Daredevil outside of Stardust. I don't know if he has any kind of decent acting career. I don't remember his name either. But he's he's pretty good. He, he's not too shabby of an actor. And I kind of I kind of I don't know if I've grown to like him more or I appreciate him more because of all the bad we've gotten, but you know what? He's 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 pretty pretty all right. I also find it a little Amusing, or that's not the right emotion, but I'm just sticking with that because I didn't the, the saying to fall back on. But the fact that they've latched on to, or, or I, I'm, I'm just curious why there's been all this love for him as Daredevil, and we haven't ever heard anything to my knowledge or seen anything about any of the other Netflix shows versions of characters being part of the MCU. Are we going to, are we going to get Luke Cage in something at some point? It's going to be a different actor. That'd be a shame. I like that actor. I thought thought he was pretty good. I'd like to see him still be there. I don't see Luke. Like, bringing back luke cage would make sense for something given what kind of a hero he is i don't i don't see a reason or what you would do with jessica jones so it it would make sense to just not ever have her in anything ever again and go ahead and recast i i have i never watched that iron fist stuff so you can you can recast that all you want But since I caught up with all that, uh, I just realized how distracted I got talking about She-Hulk. The fourth wall breaking stuff, I was not a fan of until the ninth episode, until the finale, which made me change my tune about all of that. Because the vast majority, almost the entirety of the, the finale, of the ninth episode, is just fourth wall breaking craziness and it works so well it's it's so well done that I immediately changed the way I felt about every episode that came before it because as much as I'd like to think you could do the ninth episode without having the fourth wall breaking throughout the series it would be jarring it would be confusing. It would maybe still work kind of, but you needed those seeds throughout the series for it to really work and to work as well as it did. And my God, did it work on me in a way I never would have expected that kind of thing to work. Because as we all know, I'm not super fond of the way Blazing Saddles ends, which is kind of reminiscent of the way She-Hulk ends. But it just... I don't know if it's because I think the MCU is such shit that seeing this character break through and enter our universe and it's not that she is going around shitting on the people writing MCU stuff and, and stuff like that. But there is a a certain vibe about it that I feel is relatable. It's just, it's really good. And I like that. It's just the camos in that show. She-Hulk's good. She-Hulk is a good show. She-Hulk is a good show. What's not a good show is Miss Marvel. I maybe hate that show more than any other MCU show because it is so not me. The problem with Miss Marvel is that Miss Marvel, Kamala... What's her, what's her last name? It doesn't matter what her last name. I find her to be an incredibly annoying character. And... The, oh, it, it is just, I understand why people like it. I get it. It's just not, it's not my kind of thing at all. It's just not for me. It's so not for me. When she gets the ride home from the new boy in town and she's all excited and feeling lovey-dovey. And starts having her little musical fucking number kind of shit. Singing along to the song that's playing. I wanted a fucking throw my head through the TV. So that I would die from the force of it all. And also stop that fucking show from playing. No one else would have to watch it. And they would just have to watch my twitching corpse as it's still firing electrons for 15 minutes or whatever after I die. But that that kind of shit is all over it. It settles down a little bit as the show goes on. But I hated her as a character. Everything else around it wasn't bad. I liked her I liked both her friends. I thought her her, her guy friend was alright and then I really liked her lady friend and her little subplot I thought the family stuff was solid I, I like the fact that we are seeing a different type of family represented on the small screen on any screen but in something like an MCU show which you would expect would get more eyes than other things and And on paper, it should work. Because it's... It's Kim's Convenience meets Into the Spider-Verse. Except... Bad. And bad solely because... Your main character... Is not... If you're a girl... She's probably super relatable. If you are a parent... Who has girls... Probably super relatable, and you can understand. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I oh, girls, ugh. me. No, no, it's just I, I couldn't, I couldn't not. I hated it, I hated it so much, it was excruciating to watch. The one thing I like too about it though to just say one last positive thing is that it they, they, they easily could have with the way the final episode plays out and what happens to a particular character it would have been easy to just go the well now they're completely evil this happened and they got this now they're just completely evil but that's not the route they went down and I, I really like that so I appreciated them and the way they handled the. Not even really a villain. So. Yeah. Not excited about the Marvel's movie, though, anymore, because I can't stand Miss Marvel. But after I finished. That. I wasn't sure what to watch next. All my series were... Dunzo. Did not want to watch Obi-Wan. Because I want to watch the, the movies. But I wasn't sure if I wanted to start the movies. However, I had no idea what else to watch. So I did start the movies. And I have now watched... Or I, I just watched... The Phantom Menace, episode one. That... Uh that's not a great movie. Surprise, surprise. But it's not the abomination some people make it out to be. The problem with The Phantom Menace is that it's a kid's movie, except it's two hours and 15 minutes or whatever. It's way too fucking long for what it is. And drags... often... throughout much of its runtime where you'll have some kind of significant event with some amount of action, and then it's just taking its sweet time to get to the next important moment, giving you a bunch of shit that isn't important, that doesn't add anything to the story, both big and small, and it's just wasting your time. You have your opening section where... Obi-Wan and, what is it, Quayon? I don't know what the hell his name is. Uh, are, are, are talking with the Trade Federation to try and resolve this situation that's going on with the taxation, etc. And you get a bit of action. Except the, those fodder droids are some of the worst fodder in all of Star Wars, if not the worst. They're stupid like the Fucking, they're just so boring. They're they're boring, uninteresting enemies. But after that whole bit, you then have to wait an hour until you get to the pod race. Which, so many people say, you know what? Just you don't you don't need to watch Phantom Menace. Just watch the pod race, and you're good. I don't know what the fuck all y'all are on about. The Pod Race is fucking boring. It's so fucking boring. If you if you're not going to watch the whole movie, just don't watch it cuz the Pod Race isn't worth watching. It's just for the most part pretty freaking boring. There are weird choices made in terms of characterizations and accents. Why is the one trade federation person speaking in one hell of a stereotypical, I would say mildly, potentially offensive, Asian accent? Jar Jar Binks, whatever, whatever. Jar Jar Binks wasn't as prevalent as I remembered him being and not as annoying except for there's, there's one moment where I don't know if it's after he or they, they're talking to his console like his people. And he says, there, there was one part where it felt like he was trying to sound black or something. I can't remember And I, and I, I may be remembering it wrong. It's not that he's trying to sound or that I thought that he, that's just what I'm thinking. It just, it it was weird. And then the, the boy, Anakin, overall, just whatever. Not overly annoying, except there are, I think he only says it twice. There are two instances. This is the absolute worst part of the movie. And I hope someone can feel me on this and agree with me. The worst part of the entirety of the, uh, is it the Phantom Menace or just Phantom Menace? Absolutely. probably the Phantom Menace regardless the worst part of the movie happens twice and it's when Anakin goes yippee because <laughs> the way he says yippee it it sounds so fucking stupid and it it in both cases does not sound like it's part of the scene it sounds like it was just dubbed in and it's weird It I hate it I hated it so much it's just, Two times Anakin goes, yippee! It's like fucking fuck off, you stupid kid. Jesus Christ. But it was it was whatever. I was, I was surprised by how how for the majority of it I felt nothing. I wasn't there hating it. I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it most likely but there was just nothing in it where I ever felt oh yeah this is kind of cool I don't like Darth Maul and I, I did not remember the whole Immaculate Conception side of things that's uh that's pretty fucking stupid whatever I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure if I want to continue or not. Because one thing that happened when I was watching it was the second Darth Maul showed up. The the first scene where he showed up, and I heard the voice of the other roommate or neighbor from Shaun of the Dead, who, who did the voice, and more so. When I remembered, oh yeah, that's that's Ray Park. That's Toad from X Men 1. You know what I, I also was talking about for a while, rewatching all of the X Men movies. You don't be. Oh. oh I'm trying to think which has more good movies versus bad movies. Because in Star Wars, you could say. Without rewatching everything yet, the the movies I'd say are good in the Star Wars universe are A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Force Awakens, and The Last Jedi. I don't like Return of the Jedi. I don't like Rise of Skywalker, that's no surprise. I'm a little iffy on Revenge of the Sith? Is that the the third one? Uh, In the prequel trilogy? My recollection is that and it could just be because it comes after the other two movies but I remember thinking the one time I saw it you know what? That could have been a lot worse. But is that a ringing endorsement? Not really. And then with X-Men, you got X-Men one and two, you got the Wolverine, you got Logan, then First Class and Days of Future Past. That's more. But are the The thing is the the bad X-Men movies might be worse and harder to watch. I haven't even bothered with some of them. I haven't. I haven't seen Dark Phoenix. I think I maybe. I might not have finished Apocalypse. I don't remember. I do not remember any of it. But I mean, The Last Stand. Ooh, boy! Oh, boy! Oh, boy! Anyway, that's enough of meandering. Let's get on to what I've been playing, starting with. Varney Lake, which is uh, an adventure game. Uh, it's not a point. Do we would you just call them adventure games where you're just. Or I guess a visual novel. Yeah, fucking Jesus Christ. I forgot, I forgot the, the genre visual novel exists, which is what you would call a game where you're just reading text and occasionally making choices. This is from the same developers who did that Mothman 1960-something or other game. So uh, a visual novel with a retro aesthetic reminiscent of the NES uh, era of games. So pixelated graphics and all that. Which is nice. It's charming. The problem with Varney Lake, though, something that I don't remember being as problematic with the Mothman games, Though I think there are ways in which they're tied a little bit in that there was, and maybe it wasn't exactly the same, there was a solitaire game that wa- was a part of the Mothman game. And there's one here, which you see or are part of the creation of and I can't remember if it's exactly the same game or not I don't like it as someone who loves solitaire and many forms of solitaire I find the Solitaire that was created I don't know if it's a, a, a solitaire that already exists I, I don't I, I've never played this version of Solitaire except unless it was in Mothman the same version or not but I don't like it. It's weird, This is not explained entirely well, and worst of all is the way you interact with it, the way you play the game is through the text menu. So instead of being able to press left and right on the D-pad or the analog stick to go around and select the cards you want to use and all that, you are using the text box to say, Move cursor left. Move cursor right. Select card. Do this. Do that. And it's just an incredibly clunky way to interact with a game of that nature for no reason. Well just just let me interact with it in a normal way. You don't need to have this whole text adventure visual novel thing for the like if you're gonna have uh, a little mini-game in your game, let me interact with it in a way that makes sense. But it's ins- insubstantial to anything, so you, you just you don't have to play it, you don't have to beat it, you can try it and then say, I'm done with this, let's move on with the story. Except, despite the game taking roughly two hours to complete, I checked out after about 40, 45 minutes because I found it very, very boring. It, it's a story taking place between two times in the past when you are a kid and you're like 12, 13 in that age range. You and your two friends, Your I think your name is Jimmy, and then your friend Doug and his cousin Christine, maybe? Uh or just a couple, you know, just a couple of kids hanging out, going on adventures. You come across a vampire. And then in, in the the future time, the still in the past for us. You were talking with a reporter who is asking you about what happened in the past, uh, so you you are controlling or inhabiting the reporter in the future, and then you were inhabiting Jimmy in the past, and, and it goes back and forth between the two. But it's just a pretty boring story. You you think in in, in a game where it's in a game as short as it is, where I experienced. A third to a half of what's there. It it should have gotten exciting at some point during that time, but it, it never did, it never got interesting. It, it never made me want to keep seeing where the story was going or anything of that nature. I just for that the whole time when I was "quote unquote" playing because the choices too that that come up are very minimal in terms of how often they they do show up, and they never seem to have any significance in steering the story in any particular way. There will be there will be instances where you have to interact with certain elements in order to help characters out or, or do certain actions. But it's not puzzly or anything of that in that way. It's just a little bit of tedium, a little bit of, hey, we want you to feel like you're you're doing more than just reading. So here's a, here's a little here's a little nugget for you, but it doesn't add anything to the experience. So I just put on the auto. And was reading along for the majority of my time with it, while fiddling with multi-tool, opening and closing it. And that, that was my experience with it. So I, after a certain point, I just said, "You know what? Why, why am I still reading this? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting anything from it. And I, I'd rather be doing anything else with my time." except playing Stray Blade, which is the other game i played, and worse. It's a third-person action-adventure game where you are this grand adventurer who's seen everything in the world. You've done everything. You are the best adventurer in the world. You're just so fucking awesome. But there's this one mysterious place that no one's ever really seen. And that is your final goal. So you go there. You get shipwrecked or some shit, I think. A beam of light or a crystal, whatever, shoots you and pierces your chest. And then some wizard dude or something hovers over you in first person. And you see their hands for a second. And then they disappear. And you stand up and you're like, Oh, fucking, there's a goddamn shard of crystal in my chest. What the fuck is this? Whatever, I'll just leave it here. And now you're Iron Man. Congratulations. And it's structured like. A souls game. Where you are going about exploring. A a relatively. Linear. World from what I've played. Because. The problem with. Animations. Not great. Texture quality. Not great. Visuals. Not great. It looks like a 360 era game. Uh. With, that is just sharper you know it's, it's 4k or whatever probably uh, So it the visuals are sharp but they lack detail and despite the fact that your character cast a shadow in the opening cutscene and presumably in other cutscenes, when in game, you cast the most minimal shadow imaginable if any shadow at all. And you all know how that's a pet peeve of mine fucking hate that so much and then there there's a slight choppy nature to the the game and and seemingly more so when you're moving the camera around but the the combat is where the game lost me it feels very unresponsive incredibly slow regardless of whether you're doing a light attack or a heavy attack the combat systems at play where you have to dodge an enemy who is attacking when highlighted in red or parry them if they're highlighted in blue does not feel good in large part because of that unresponsiveness their attacks are sometimes ridiculous in how much area they cover and i found the surprising frustration in the combat right from the start to make the entire experience of exploring this world not desirable. There are instances where I'm clipping through the environment a whole bunch. It's just a very, very janky experience that one, it's a Series exclusive as well. I'm playing the Xbox. And I'm not saying it's console exclusive, but that it's not an Xbox One slash Series game or an Xbox One game that you can play on your Series because you know it's fully backward compatible and all that. It's only available on the Series console. There's nothing about it that screams this should be exclusive. This is a game that you should limit your audience with. But it is and it's there's there's no reason to play. Is it's not good. It's it's bad. It feels bad, it looks bad, the voice acting is kind of okay, but then the writing is so bad that you just feel bad for the voice actor who has to read this dog shit script. I was excited about it too. I thought I thought it would probably be I, thought, I was expecting something in the vein of Remnant from the Ashes, a surprising game that clearly did not have or you know didn't have a, a AAA budget, but did well with what it had and, and all that. But it's not that. It it just clunky, derivative, very reminiscent aesthetically of Kingdoms of Amular. And looks like it, it could just be from that world, but a little bit lesser in, in image fidelity and quality. Unfortunate unfortunate, though. In a game, like that, a lot of a lot. In many ways, it lives and dies on the quality of the combat and the quality of the enemies you're fighting. And with uh, another heavy aspect or another important part being the world and how interesting it is to explore, it fails on all fronts. It just it, it's it's doing nothing to entice one to keep playing. Or make the, the, the experience enjoyable. So that is Stray Blade. And that is it in terms of what I've been playing and all that jazz. So I am going to call it a show, as I always do when I'm done with what I've been playing. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to find all my links of import, the Site, the YouTube, the Patreon, the what have you who you can do that over at pxsausage.com. Again, I'm everywhere at pxsausage, and all my links and all that can be found at pxsausage.com. So, yeah, that will do it. Go on and do it. Do it. Do it till you're satisfied, whatever it is. Do it. long as it pleases you. Just take your time. Blast your mind. All right, all right, that's enough of that. Uh, got myself a little watch case that I've been eyeing for a while. Got two watches in it, two empty slots. Need a gold watch, and then maybe... Another well, random thing, or a garment that the or two ever goes on sale for like two hundred bucks. It's funny. Uh, I was looking at Rolexes as part of my whole EDC addiction. A lot of people gift themselves Rolexes as treats for hitting milestones, work milestones, life milestones, etc., and I was just curious how much they cost. I had an idea in my head of how much they cost. I was very wrong. I was very wrong. You can, I thought you, I thought the max, the the most expensive Rolex was in the, the ballpark of a very low end or used car. Yeah, you know, you know, ten, maybe fifteen thousand. But realistically, depending on what state you're in, cost of a Rolex and of course it's gonna vary like anything, you know, there's gonna be your expensive Rolexes and your high end or your there's gonna be your high end expensive Rolexes and your cheaper ones relatively speaking. But you go at that higher end, you can buy yourself a house or at least put a down payment, a significant down payment. Ugh. God, that's never happened Not that I ever—I—I I, I knew I was never getting a Rolex, but <laughs> I really know I'm not getting a Rolex ever. That's fine. I like my—I like Citizen. Citizen is a good brand. Citizen is a great, affordable watch brand, and I love their atomic wa- uh, watch, keeping clock, keeping time, keeping atomic time. I think it's atomic time. I—I I love that. And yeah, I I fucking adore my one Citizen watch, and I am going to get another one. I'll probably end up getting two more to fill the Uh, thing—a gold one that I have my eye on, and then maybe the Blue Angels one. Or I—I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, I really like some of the the Citizen Star Wars watches. But uh, yeah, that's that's gonna do it. So as always. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this year episode and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely week and so for Now, adios, arrivederci. Bye. I'm trying to find the button. There it is. All right, baba.